This is the New Canaan Society podcast for the Franklin, Tennessee chapter. I'm Chad Harrington. Today you're in for a special treat because we have a recording of Bill Gaither's talk from May 1st, 2014. It's called When Elvis Came to Town. Bill shares two stories about Elvis's life and he offers life lessons to go with each one of them. Before we get to the talk though, I wanted to mention that my company produces this podcast and we're based here in Franklin, Tennessee as a publishing company that specializes in producing and marketing rich media like podcasts, blogs, and books. And I'd love to chat with you about your publishing and marketing needs. We work with businesses, nonprofits, and authors. Connect with us at harringtoninteractive.com and you can email me directly. Now, Wes Yoder with a proper introduction of Bill Gaither. You know, Bill Gaither, Bill and Gloria Gaither have have just been... um, I guess national treasures is as good a, a way to put this as anything. You know, uh, Bill was a, a farm kid from Indiana, milking cows, and had music running through his head, and meets Glory, and she's got words going through her head. They're married. Uh, both of them were school teachers. Uh, many of you know their stories, and just have become uh, beloved, um, beloved to so many of us here in America and around the world, uh, evidenced by... Ken Davis and Jeff Allen and Joe Mascale and many of his associates. Bill has done more to help young artists and share uh, the platform, share the life and blessings that God gave than any other man that I know. Uh, a couple of quick things. I was telling, uh, reminding Bill on the way down here this morning, uh, we, we've helped Bill with some of the programs um, uh, over the years, and he would never put anybody on the platform that he didn't um, didn't know or didn't have some relationship with. And he wanted to meet. He wanted to meet someone one day, and I. I had the. Uh, I was his escort that day. Took him to the, to this this house, and and uh, this guy had probably, a seven or eight thousand square foot house, and Bill's never met him before. Bill walks in and looks around, looks up, and he says, first thing he says to the guy is, "You still want to go to heaven?" <laughs> and it. It wasn't a put down. It was just it was just Bill being gentle, but bringing a perspective that's just a little bit different. And uh, I, I'm I'm just delighted to introduce Bill this morning, brother. Come on up here, and uh, give him a big pockets welcome, will you? <clears throat> welcome to the New Canaan Society, Bill. It's getting harder and harder to get to the platform be, before the applause stops. Uh, that is a nightmare for an old performer. You know, you just want to... Uh, Wes picked me up this morning. What a beautiful, beautiful morning. And we are blessed. Uh, I'm going to tell you two stories. They're both about Elvis. <laughs> so you got up this morning to hear two Elvis stories. <laughs> but I think they're kind of life lessons, and I think it might be uh, it might be helpful. Uh, I ask uh, Wes how long you want me to speak, and. And uh, he said, you got to be out here by 8, so that's good. Amy used to say, Daddy can talk for an hour, 
on any subject. Or you can talk for an hour without a subject. So, <laughs> so, so, so hopefully I'll zero in on something. It's a little bit intimidating because uh, I'm, I'm not a speaker. I'm sitting here in front of Ken Davis. Ken is our resident pastor over at Family Fest. And uh, he's powerful. Jeff, I see Jeff Allen in here, and they're good. Roy, see him. I, I haven't heard you talk. You basically just sit back there and grin behind that pretty little gal from our hometown in Alexandria, Indiana. Back in the, uh, it had to be the early 70s, uh, Elvis had recorded a song that Gloria and I wrote called He Touched Me. I went through the, uh, we, we, uh, we, Gloria and I bought tickets and went through the uh, Graceland thing when we were over to Memphis about five or six years ago. And uh, the only uh, Grammys he ever received were Grammys for, uh, for gospel stuff. And, how Great Thou Art, and uh, Where No Man Stands Alone by my good friend Mosey Lister, who lives here in Franklin, 91 years old. He's a, he's a dear, dear friend. And, uh, and then he touched me. And, and we were just part of the tour group. And we went through, and they showcased these Grammys. It's, it's a pretty big deal. And uh, we were with about 20 people going through this tour. And they said, now here's what he won for a Grammy. You know, how great thou art, where no man stands alone. And he touched me. I cannot tell you, I used all the restraint I could use to say, I wrote that song. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. I started to, and Gloria nudged me and said, no, 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 don't, 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 don't do it. So we just went through, and it was uh, it, 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 it was kind of nice. But after he recorded that, I think in 71 or 72, Joe Miscale, a friend of mine who was here, came up with his family in the summer to visit our little town and, uh, and, and be with us. We had a good time. I had just bought a 1972 red Impala convertible. I still have it. It has, and I'm the original owner. I'm not trying to sell her, but I'm the original owner. <coughs> it has only 31,000 miles. Actual, my, uh, actual, the value just went up, right? So, <coughs> so, <coughs> so Joe and I go out to our little town and, uh, and sport this new car and have a lot of fun. <coughs> Joe was young then with coal black hair and sideburns. And a couple people downtown had known that Elvis had recorded He Touched Me. So the word got out <coughs> that Elvis was in town. <coughs> now we got a town of about 4,000 people, right? And that's a pretty big deal. I mean, Elvis would be a big deal anywhere, but in a little town of 4,000 people, the word got out. So Joe and his family leaves. And so the next week or so, every time I'd go into a filling station or something, somebody would say, heard Elvis is in town last week. I said, no, no, I wasn't. And they'd look at me kind of, 
like, are you lying? I said, no, 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 no. Elvis wasn't there. Well, some people said they saw him in the car. No, 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 Elvis wasn't there. Go to the grocery store. Heard Elvis was in town last week. No, 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 he wasn't there. That story would go up and down, and pretty soon, <clears throat> our county paper from Anderson, the Anderson Herald called and said, we'd like to do a story on Elvis uh, being in, in Alexandria recording in your studio. We got a little studio there, Pinebrook Studio. He wasn't there. And, and there'd be a pause like, this guy's lying to me because he's got it. Probably RCA would not let him get the word out that Elvis, no, Elvis is not there. So they'd go up and down and up, and then he dies in 77. I get a call from the, and I, this story, this story would rise, and then it'd die for a little bit, and then somebody would say, has Elvis been by lately? No, no, he's, he's, he's never been there. <clears throat> so he dies in 77. The Indianapolis Star calls me, because it's growing bigger now, you know. Nothing like myths, you know. <laughs> said, uh, we'd like to have a comment on Elvis's death. And I said, well, I'm very sorry that he died. <laughs> At such a young age. Well, would you like to make a comment about it because of your relationship with him? I said, I never met him. <laughs> Pause, you know. And I cannot tell you the people that looked at me from time to time when the story would rise, die down, come back, die down, it's like waves. This is night, and every time there was an anniversary, somebody would say, I heard about Elvis being down. And then I'd say, no, he wasn't. He'd look at me like, one guy said, well, you can't talk about it, can you? I said, I could talk about it. You know, I You don't know me. Had Elvis been in town, I'd have talked about it. <laughs> I'd have put him on a video and said, if you've enjoyed this brief television presentation, you're going to love the entire home link, full length home. You're, you're, I, <laughs> I would have told him about Elvis being in town. So it goes on, and then there's another decade, and, and they celebrate twice a year. In August, when he, when he was born, no, when he died, in January, when he was born, you know, and every, the phone rang, and, and then pretty soon he quieted down. Okay, so in the 90s, it kind of quieted down. I'm at a Hartwell reunion. That's on my mother's side. My, un my Uncle Joe was kind of bad to... He had a big memory. He remembered bigger than things that were that. that. <laughs> and at reunions, when he'd start talking, <laughs> my cousin Don said, oh, here we go again, <laughs> you know, some of the stories. But Uncle Joe had passed away. And here's this young, beautiful little Hartwell Girl, those kids were so, they were, they were just sweet. Dimples, big old smile, cute, shorts, a new generation. You know, she, she, you know, Elvis was long gone and dead by the time that she got in. 
She comes up to me at a reunion, at a Hartwell reunion in 1999. Now, this would have been, what, 23 years later. And as sincere as she could be, she said, Grandpa told me when Elvis was in town and you brought him out to the house and you sat on the porch and you drank coffee. <laughs> I gave in, I said, yeah, we had a wonderful, wonderful time. <laughs> it's crazy, one of my good friends is our county prosecutor, Rodney Cummins, and he had a couple of detectives. He, had, he was up at Marion, which is about 20 miles north of Alexandria. And he said, would you like to stop by and see a building? These are college graduates, okay? Bright guys. Would you like to stop and see Bill's office? And they said, yeah, let's stop. So they come to my office, and uh, we got the two little studios. And this Rodney's taking them upstairs from my office. He said, one of the detectives said, now which one, which one of these studios did Elvis record in? <laughs> Rodney has heard this story several times without missing a beat. He said, in Studio C, he was right in there. And so, so the story goes on. In, in 1974 or 5, it might have even been after this, this situation with Joe. So Joe, that story, I, I can't kill that story. It just goes on and on and on. We were, the trio was in uh, Oklahoma City at the Myriad Coliseum. And uh, we were, uh, you know, at, at, at that time for a young group from Indiana, uh, a couple of school teachers and, uh, well, we were all three school teachers. Danny taught and my wife and I taught and then we'd sing on the weekends. And our crowds were beginning to pick up. And we were kind of excited about what was happening because, you know, the one fear that a performer has, I have these nightmares every now and then, dreaming about pulling that bus up to an auditorium and nobody's there. <laughs> it's just part of the business that we are in. We were at the Myriad Coliseum, and I think there were about 6,000 people there that night. And we had a beautiful night. Uh, it was, and we'd just written a lot of our new songs, Something Beautiful, He Touched Me. 6,000 people were singing along with us. And uh, I was our MC. I was, I was charming and funny. And, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, it was just one of those warm nights. Everybody was, everybody was having a real, real good time. And uh, it's one of those times when I, I kind of felt like God showed up a few times even. I mean, it was really special. People were singing these new songs we were singing. And we went out. In those days, we had a Cheyenne, which is a two-prop plane. And we did that so that on Friday nights or Friday afternoons after we got through teaching school, we'd get in the plane and take one of our three kids and go and go do our dates. We've been so blessed. I mean, I, I don't know if any couple, a couple's been more blessed for us. We could still teach school and still travel privately and, and do our 
do our music. I told Gloria the other day, I said, did you, honey, did you have any, any idea in the beginning that we'd be able to, I said, in your wildest dreams, did you ever think that we, we'd be able to do what we've been able to do? To which she said, honey, you, you never were in my wildest dreams. So, uh, I, but God was blessing, and we were having we, we were having a wonderful time. We had our kids were wonderful, normal, for the most part, for the two parents that they had. I uh, and then now we got grandkids who live here in Franklin. The brightest kids I think that ever walked on the face of the earth. I, I told my good friend, I'm straying here, but I'll get back to my other story. I told my good friend Mark Krim how bright they were, and, and he said, you know they got their brains from you, don't you, Bill? And I said, well, thank you, Mark. Why do you say that? And he says, because Gloria still has hers. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we had 6,000 people, and it was wonderful. And we were just so excited about it. And we go out to get on our little Cheyenne two-prop plane, you know what you know what it is, to go home. And over to the left, there was this customized, what was it, Joe? Seven seven thirty-seven and a smaller plane with Lisa Marie painted on the side. Elvis was coming to town. And for one brief moment, I allowed a little human door that we all have to crack open and rob me of the joy of 6,000 people Instead of having 6,000 in the same building, he was having 18,000. Instead of being there one night, he was there three nights. And instead of charging 10 and $15 a ticket so that families and everybody could come in, he was charging 80 and 90, $100 a ticket back in the 70s. And for one brief moment, I let a monster that robs every male I know of, of their joy of life. And the little monster whispered, but it was loud, and said, and you think you're doing something. You ever been there? We've all been there. I don't know how long it lasts. But somehow, with the resources that I had at the time, and I deal with young artists all the time, and I say, keep it in perspective. My dad was so great. I lived the 91 years. I could be going through the toughest time of my life, and he would say, oh, Bill, it's probably not as bad as you think it is. And then he'd pause and say, it probably wasn't as good as you thought it was. 
and it's called perspective. Fast forward. Three years ago, we were in Tupelo, Mississippi, where Elvis was born. It was a morning kind of like this, about 70 degrees. We slept all night on the bus and got up. <coughs> Ernie Hauser said, Ernie, let's go walking. So we go downtown and all these little cutouts of Elvis with his guitar all around town. And it was like an out-of-body experience. I just thought of something. I don't mean this unkindly. I'm, I'm sorry that he died at 42 or 43 or 44. But I thought, back at that moment in Oklahoma City, in the 75 extra years that God had given for me to enjoy the greatest woman in the whole world that I saw lying in bed when I got up this morning and I found myself thanking God for this sweet lady. We had, we've had some great times and we've had some tough times. People said, you, Gloria, ever fight? I said, fight. We can sell tickets. <laughs> I got time. <laughs> but I found myself thanking God for that sweet little lady and three kids who love me and seven of the brightest grandchildren in the world who think Papa is a pretty good human being. And I thought, now what would I give for those 35 extra bonus years? I'm 78 now. This is all a bonus for me. It's just, just meeting wonderful, beautiful people like you. It's a bonus. And to think that God has let me live this long to do what I love to do. I wish Elvis would have lived too. I'd have had him on the homecoming video, so help me. <laughs> we would put him in that Gaither holding tank. <laughs> Mark says, I don't, want, I don't want to sit in those plush, nice seats down front. <laughs> Your next move is you're out of here, you know? So. <laughs> But he could have sung living below in this old sinful world. I love that. Neighbors are kind. I love them, everyone. We get along in sweet accord. But when my soul needs manna from above, where could I go but to the Lord? There is an old gospel tune. <clears throat> I wish I'd have written it. Uh, but it goes, does the place you're called to labor seem so small and little known? It is great if God is in it, and he'll not forsake his own. Do you ever sing these meetings? The chorus goes, little is much when God is. So let's sing it. Little is much when God is in it. Labor not. For wealth or fame, there's a crown. There's a crown, and you can win it if you go. Put some harmony parts. There's some harmony guys said if you go. If you go, one more time. 
that with all of my heart. There are no big parts. There are no small parts. And daggone it, I made up my mind that day. I'm never going to let the competition rob me of my joy. I'm going to be the best Bill that I can be today and take it as far as I can take it. I'm done. <laughs> You've been listening to the New Canaan Society podcast for the Franklin, Tennessee chapter, and I hope you've enjoyed today's presentation of Bill Gaither. Make sure to check out Harrington Interactive Media at harringtoninteractive.com, and we can help you publish and market rich media. Until next time, I'm Chad Harrington.